I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I don't know if you're aware, but you and I, we are now the award-winning Irrational Fear podcast. Yeah, I know. I heard. We're officially the funniest podcast in Australia. What a low bar for the whole country. And anyone who's new to listening to this podcast, can I just say, I just sent some really exceptional bits in for the award, so don't expect <laughs> to be funny straight off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, how, what do you have to send in? You have to send like 20 minutes or something and we make a general podcast terms. That's about 0.01% of the waffle on an average podcast. And sure, uh, across the year, there's going to be five minutes of really cracker stuff that's going to have you in stitches. And uh, that's what you can expect from us. In, in, uh, across the year, five minutes is going to make you laugh. If you're listening to this, think of yourself as a gold miner going in, <laughs> going under, the, going into the shaft. And who knows, maybe you'll spend five years of your life and it'll be for nothing. Or maybe within 10 minutes, You'll find a little nugget of gold and you'll be able to check it in and you'll be, you'll be happy for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, people who have been happy for the rest of their life and they found the gold include new Patreon supporters, Phil, thank you, Phil, Michael David, Lia Dews. Uh, Frankie Lee has upped her contribution from 20 to 30 bucks a month. That's, uh, that's like wow. three stand subscriptions, Frankie. Thank you very <laughs> much for that. And a big thanks to James Shearer who dropped us a $10 supporter uh, package as well. Uh, you can support us. Uh, we may be award-winning, Lewis, but we don't <laughs> have many sponsors. In fact, the only people... People who sponsor us are our Patreon supporters. Yeah. Uh, obviously still not getting paid despite the award. Can't cash the award in for money, Dan. No, you can't. You know, we're, <laughs> uh, did you see this clip of um, of Kyle uh, Sanderlands in Double Bay? Some TikToker walked up to him and he was in, sitting in his Bentley and uh, uh, some TikToker went up to him and said, what do you do for a job? And Kyle Sanders like, I do a bit of radio. I do a bit of TV. I'm a publisher. I have a music company uh, and I drive a Bentley. <laughs> And I thought, yeah. well, it doesn't. I don't. I drive a two thousand Corolla, so you know that that's comparable. Incidentally, we beat Kyle and Jackie O as well. well they, what do you mean they weren't in the category, were they? Oh no, we beat Hamish and Andy, but they they have houses in <laughs> Queenstown. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but also thank you all again to all the new Patreon subscribers, but particularly thanks to the one who did it before we were famous and award winning. You know, you're our day ones, and we won't forget you. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. Big thank you to those people who signed up in the very early days. Of before Patreon. we were good. Before we were award-winning, before we were good, before nobody – actually, who am I going to say? Before nobody knew our names. Who am I kidding? <laughs> nobody knows our names, Lewis. <laughs> You and I have had illustrious careers on uh, national broadcasters. Another way to people support- people either know people know one of my names at a time. <laughs> uh, they know it's like Veronica and Lewis, or they know Hobber and Hing, but they never know them both at the same time. I'm still convinced that we only won because people thought you were Tony Martin. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the dream. Yeah, I'm still c- cashing those. Get this checks. <laughs> Another way to support irrational fears to offset the carbon emissions from your car with a Go Neutral sticker for every $90 sticker. Go Neutral by 3.5 tons of carbon, which is about the uh, same as yearly emissions for a car. And five bucks of that comes to us. Lewis, you're not joining us on this week's show, but you'll be in Melbourne. I hope for you the best. Thank you. Yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough. I was only in it for the awards. Uh, I've won the award and now I'm retiring from this podcast. I assume you're going to go and head off to 3AW and get that sweet, sweet 3AW money. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be around for the rest of the podcast. And unfortunately, uh, as we are recording this, I'm a, on a plane to Melbourne. Um, I'm going to see my family who I haven't seen since Christmas. Oh, so it's very exciting. That's fantastic. I think that is a, a beautiful moment. I think there are there's plenty of Sydney, Melbourne or Melbourne, Australia-wide reunions happening all around the nation, mm. um, which is absolutely terrific. Well, enjoy that. I'm recording. Recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal land in the urination. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, the death of Diego Maradona sends the world's football fans and cocaine markets into a tailspin. And Charlie D'Amelio becomes the first TikToker to reach 100 million followers with six hours of content, or approximately the amount of time it takes the average social media manager to explain TikTok to their boss. And Scott Morrison calls the Kylie Moore-Gilbert prisoner swap with Iran a miracle. Apparently, he doesn't know how governments work. It's the 27th of November 2020, and it feels like the last week of school, but it's not. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Welcome to Irrational Fear, the show that takes the scary news of the week and finds the comfy bits to rub our faces in. I'm your host, former official photographer of the Prime Minister, Dan Illich. Let's meet our fearmongers for tonight. Joining us from the Free State of Melbourne, he's the host of Italy's Daily Show and the biggest name, the biggest, smallest name in Australian economy. Economy, <laughs> why not? It's Iman Frank Hachini. Hey. G'day, Iman. What's it like to walk the streets of Melbourne? It's, it's fine. and and she's one of the most in-demand comedians on the podcasts today her boss as in her boss demands that she do at least eight podcasts a week (laughs) it's alice fraser g'day alice what other demands does andy zaltzman have for you oh well the the problem with andy is he's such a delight to work with that we end up uh, always working together though he demands to do the most puns that's in in my contract (laughs) i always have to do slightly fewer puns than him (laughs) <laughs> and from the chaser, it's the multiple actor nominated Chris Taylor. Chris nominated for Upright and At Home Alone Together this week. Both of those are in the comedy category. What happens if neither win, Chris? If neither wins, it'll be a victory for comedy, I think. <laughs> Can I just say, Dan, and I, I'm genuinely surprised that you were humble enough not to raise it yourself earlier. Uh, I feel very nervous doing this podcast this week with you because, of course, you won an award, something much better than an actor award, an Australian podcast award. You're the best 
comedy oh. podcast in Australia, and this puts pressure on on us tonight. <laughs> a lot of people have been tuning in for the first time tonight, and you know, be their first experience of irrational fear. If this is shit, it's on us. And so I just want to say, no pressure. I noticed Lewis very strategically decided to have this one out. <laughs> well, I'll have you know that tonight is uh, is is shit on purpose because of that. We want to lower expectations <laughs> right. so we can win again next year. It's not often you beat Hamish and Andy and Tony Martin or something. It's really exciting. I feel like it's very important if you win an award to prove that awards are worth nothing because inevitably you will lose more awards than you win. So you just want to prove to everyone that no one really deserves an award. Coming up, is Rupert Murdoch going broke? Investigative journalist Michael West will be joining us to help put the pieces together. But first, here's a message from this week's sponsor. Zurich, Ankara, wow. Madrid, Brussels, wow. Perth, Canberra, wow. Good eye. I'm former finance minister Matthias Corman. Travelling during the pandemic can be hard, which is why I fly with Corman Airlines. On Piper flying a private jet across the world to prove your green credentials to European politicians to get a tax-free job can cost over $4,000 an hour. But because I'm not an economic girly man, I just got the other, but I have to do it. So it's 100% free. That's right, free. I don't even work for the Australian government anymore. Somebody else buys for it. That's finance, baby. Fly Corman Airlines. Every seat is a business seat. And if you're an Australian stuck in Europe trying to escape COVID-19, try a chopper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into the fears. Uh, Speaking of airlines, angry customers have sworn never to fly Qantas ever again after Alan Joyce said that COVID vaccinations would be mandatory on future flights. Although, just like Qantas job security, it's only 70% effective. Uh, Yes, (laughs) if you want to fly Qantas, you'll be strapped in a chair and stabbed aggressively with a needle, or as they call it, economy. And if you're willing to pay twice the price, you'll also be stabbed with the needle, but with more leg room, which is great. um, this is, of course, is absolutely terrible news for any anti-vaxxers from Mullumbimby who will have to take their trips the usual way with acid. Uh, so, fearmongers, <laughs> is it okay that Qantas is demanding international customers get the jab? I'm okay with this. Um, firstly, from a health point of view, I think I think if we've spent the whole year waiting for this vaccine. If one exists, then why wouldn't you have it? But the main reason I'm all pro this is because it will introduce more segregation in flying. You know, remember the old days where there was a smoking section and a non-smoking section? This will now actually divide anti-vaxxers from vaxxers. There will actually be a curtain between sane people and insane people to make it really obvious. Because at the moment you've kind of had to guess, oh, were they an anti-vaxxer or not? By now if we just either just have a separate class, and I suggest, you know, there must be something worse than cattle classes. They're just a, you know, a needle prod class or just luggage hold will do. Or even a separate airline. I don't know what Virgin's doing these days, but if they could pivot just to become the anti-vaxxer airline, I think it could be very good for all. (laughs) Yeah, Jabstar becomes the (laughs) anti-vaxxer airline. Uh, Alice Fraser. Well, I have to disagree with you completely, uh, Chris. I think this is a ridiculous infringement on personal liberties, and while we're at it, we should get rid of the rule that you're not allowed to fly when you're very pregnant, uh, the rule that you're not allowed to fly (laughs) when you're on fire or carrying liquids in bottles of more than 100 millilitres. I feel like the people who are anti Vax pre-flight are the kind of people who defiantly drink half a litre of expensive shampoo at customs because how dare you tell them that they're not allowed to bring a bottle of shampoo and a wet goat on board. 
<laughs> What's this? I'm over 400 mils? All right, let me get rid of 200 <laughs> mils of this right now on my head. <laughs> Iman, you do a lot of flying. How do you feel about this? I don't know. I, I just wonder how, how they're going to enforce it, you know. Like is there going to be that sort of sneaky add-ons when you book your ticket where, like, you, uh, you know, if you don't click the Jetstar box, you know, it's going to cost you $70 to get the jab at the gate, you know. Is it going to be like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting, Chris, like you were saying how we are waiting for this moment to happen. We're kind of now putting our responsibilities, because governments are so scared to do anything because of political pressure, it's up to now corporations to actually do the moral, take the moral high ground and show moral leadership. Yeah. Is there anything, is, do, you, do you feel weird about that? No, no, I, I'm kind of grateful because I, I've lost hope waiting for governments to show moral leadership on this. I, what was interesting for this and me on a serious note was how early Joyce went with it because we'll, we will see a lot of this, not just in the airline industry but anywhere where, you know, um, where there's group sort of situations. There probably will, like schools, churches, gyms and so forth. I think there will be a stipulation soon that unless you've had the vax, stay out. So... From a com- sort of marketing point of view, I was a bit, I'm sounding a bit Todd Sampson here. <laughs> I was sort of surprised Joyce came out so hard and not early, but he did say in his comments, I think, didn't he, that he'd been speaking privately with his co-parts at other airlines and they're all going to do it. So any anti-vaxxer who thinks they just won't fly quarters from now on won't maybe have a lot of other options if they're all on the same page on this. You did bring up branding and marketing. This is really interesting. Uh, this is uh, bad news for anti-vaxxers. They are now out in force on the internet complaining about this. Uh, and including this one, who is a TV psychologist from the UK. Her name's Emma Kenny. She's got some suggestions for Qantas. One in 20,000 people are damaged by vaccines, meaning that compared to the amount of children damaged by COVID, there is no comparison. Vaccines will damage more children then they will help. So Qantas are advocating for the willful harm of children. Is that what you want your next year's strapline to be? Qantas, willfully injures children. Fly with Qantas, but we might just injure your kid. Oh, well, <laughs> what do you think about that, Iman? Um, I'm for injuring children, so fuck yeah, go Qantas. <laughs> yeah, people forget, I mean, this is extremely on brand for Qantas. They, they've been exploiting that children's choir for years, <laughs> taking them to the most remote places that are freezing cold, like the London Bridge at 5am to shoot an ad, uh, the middle of Uluru on top of the Opera House. I mean, the OHNS alone on that must be a nightmare. So I think this is a good move for Qantas and very consistent. I just sort of want to know if there'll be, you know, we talked about business class earlier, like... Is there sort of like a deluxe vaccine and a sort of budget version one? Is there one that you can lace with, yep. you know, Bolly or Dom Perignon or something just <laughs> so it's a little bit more fun? Like how are the how are the jet setters going to embrace this? Well, look, one of the things that I'm, uh, I'm very sorry about about this Qantas announcement is that they're now going to have to change uh, their song because it's not true anymore. There are no cities that never shut down. The Premier's own backyard is a worst example of pork barrelling you can find. This week's second fear. 
I like a turkey pardoning. Chris, you like a turkey pardoning. Uh, in a tradition going back decades, President Trump has officially pardoned a turkey to save it from ending up as part of a Thanksgiving feast. Uh, additionally, uh, in terms of tradition that's going back only a few hours, Trump also pardoned a chicken, former NSA advisor Michael <laughs> Flynn. Sadly, it's too late for Flynn to avoid all harm. He's officially been roasted and devoured by the press and on close inspection has revealed no sign of a brain, spine or guts. Uh, Chris, turkey pardoning is a very strange cultural thing in America. Um, you know, it's, it's up there with Halloween and school shootings. Uh, what, 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 <laughs> how do you take How do you take a part of this celebration yourself? What no, do you, well, I, I don't, but I watch it every year with bemusement because it's amazing how commonly this tradition comes along at a really bad time. Like I remember it was sort of during the <laughs> Vietnam War, like there's always very dark stories going along and the president has this one little window of this sort of novelty pantomime routine where they pretend the world's quite fun. And I think it went on when we were bombing Kuwait. Last year, Trump was in the middle of impeachment proceedings and came out to do the traditional fun bit. It's the comedy bit of the presidency. <laughs> and it's it's sort of naff, isn't it? And, I, you know, and it's also quite macabre. I mean, because everyone goes, oh, isn't it lovely? We, we pardon a turkey. What we don't forget is one of the turkeys doesn't get pardoned. Like two are brought <laughs> along. One gets its throat slit and is then roasted in the White House oven, um, mm. as does every other turkey in America except the one that's chosen. How do we know yep. why that one was chosen? Who's behind it? Did you vote? Did you see the counts? Were Republicans and Democrats allowed to watch the vote process <laughs> to determine which turkey gets pardoned? Well, actually, Chris, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've know, seen this clip. This is from 2018. This is Trump explaining the process and how it actually works. This is from two years ago. The winner of this vote was decided by a fair and open election conducted on the White House website. This was a fair election. Unfortunately, Carrots refused to concede and demanded a recount, and we're still fighting with Carrots. <laughs> and I will tell you, we've come to a conclusion. Carrots, I'm sorry to tell you, the result did not change. It's too bad for Carrots. Wow. <laughs> that was well, two years ago. Incredibly prescient. <laughs> and I love how jolly he is about Carrots about to meet its end. I mean, this yeah. is a guy that used to run, like, Miss Universe. Did he, when, when he didn't, when he, you know, when he crowned the winner, did he then turn to the runner-up and go, well, off to the oven? I mean, it's, it's, it's so bizarre. And the, the, the one thing I was going to say, you sort of touched on this, with the, the, the actual news this week, because Trump's sort of in a, a much more, uh, I guess, what you'd call grotesque pardoning chapter at the moment, where all yes. of his mates, who may or may not have been involved in Russian collusion, are gradually yes. getting pardoned. Because he's got form pardoning really dodgy people, how do we know the turkey he pardoned this year is innocent? Like, I suspect this turkey may have been involved in collusion. I don't have evidence. I'm just saying if Trump's pardoned the turkey, you know that turkey's a bad apple. <laughs> uh, so the turkey this year is called corn after the yes. other 80% of the American diet that isn't factory farmed meat. <laughs> But no one thinks about, like, the post-pardoning life of the one free turkey. I mean, it, does it just live on in a horrifying mass of survivor's guilt until it's eaten by a wolf or regret? 
And um, <laughs> if you listen to the speech this year, Donald Trump also called the turkey beautiful, which is the way he attributes value to anything. And as a satirical comedian who's frankly tired of the lazy leftist denigration of Trump just because he's a brash, hollow showman with the vocabulary of a child, I refuse to maliciously misinterpret his harmless turkey compliment by suggesting that it indicates that he wants to fuck the turkey. Donald Trump <laughs> does not want to fuck the turkey. He wants to fuck democracy. Irrational fear! <laughs> I mean, you know, some states, you know, we're ahead... So we know it's like, all right, stop counting while we're ahead. And then other states were behind. So, you know, we, that, it obviously needs a recount. Donald Trump is a genius. That's what the J stands for. This week's third fear. Remember the sovereign citizens, uh, uh, that, all that sovereign citizen bullshit we had to deal with during our COVID lockdown? Well, in the UK, people are trying to get out of COVID restrictions by quoting the Magna Carta to the police. According to one article, a salon owner uh, has repeated violations and she's clocked up £27,000 in fines. £27,000 in Australian dollars. That's enough to get you a block of land at the Leppington Triangle. That is significant. <laughs> uh, now, specifically, Specifically, this salon owner and many others have quoted Article 61 of the Magna Carta, which was only enforced for a few months uh, over 800 years ago. Or was it? I don't know. Awaken up, ye sheeple. Go read a book. Or you, you could read a book if books were invented. No. When the Magna Carta was written, books got invented 200 years after the Magna Carta was written. So forget reading books. You know when conspiracy theorists say, you know, do your own research, I just say, fuck this one and throw it to a constitutional lawyer because it's so much easier. Alice, as the only lawyer on the panel and as someone who's lived a long time in the UK, what's going on here? Well, the Magna Carta, or Great Big Charter in English, uh, is a very hot document. So hot you might as well call it the Magma Carta. And so big you could call it the Magna Carta. Now, it's a pivotal part of British legislative history and as such a beautiful artefact, beautifully calligraphed at the hands of monks probably because back in those days relatively few select people could read or write. Geez, those were the days. Imagine Twitter if it were just a few chilled out monks swapping tips on how to draw (laughs) 2D medieval baby Jesus badly. Like really badly. Have a look at some of the weird adult baby Jesus pics from medieval manuscripts at the time. Anyway, it's just such a specific legal nerd piece of legislation for these people to be waving around at their salon doors. You'd think that if you knew anything about the Magna Carta, you'd know it's not relevant unless you're a 12th century baron. And I don't want to question your lived experience, but I guarantee you have way too many teeth for that. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, Chris is a 12th century baron. He's uh, as uh, more similar one on the panel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, if you're citing the Magna Carta as a reason that you're allowed to keep your shop open during COVID restrictions, maybe you want to look at the regulations of that period on how people with leprosy or other illnesses live <laughs> or the genesis of the term quarantine in Italy during the plague. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Uh, Chris, what, have you been quoting any obscure constitutional documents to, to police as you've been going about your, your lockdown experience? No, 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 but I have noticed a trend with this. Like it was interesting in England, yeah, we, we've seen the Magna Carta quoted. Remember Karen from Bunnings in Australia earlier in the year who seemed yeah. to have a, a suspiciously very good knowledge of the, the Charter of Human Rights uh, as she was trying to be <laughs> convinced the Paul Bunnings stuff why she shouldn't have to wear a face mask. I, I, I don't know what it is about nutcases uh, or people who just don't want to pull their weight when it comes to public health and the public good, but they seem to have a love of arcane law or very esoteric law. Now, I don't know if they've all been to law school before they go to Bunnings 
or whether they just they've they've learned one phrase, like they've learned oh the you know the Geneva Convention, and just sort of yeah. drop that into a discussion with a poor receptionist at Bunnings, thinking that's some catch-all get out of jail free card. But or I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe these are great legal scholars of arcane esoteric law, and maybe. They're right. Dan Andrews yeah. was wrong. Boris Johnson is wrong. And maybe we should be listening to these scholars who just have chosen to go into hair salon work. I mean, they could have been a barrister. They could have been a great eminent lecturer in law at Oxford or Cambridge. But they've chosen to cut hair because they're a person of the people. I just like the personal authority, be it a police person or a Bunnings employee going, oh, Geneva Convention. <laughs> right this way, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I have no idea. Iman, what's your take on this? I'm just I'm just glad to see people in the in the West figure out that they're not as free as they thought they were. I mean, that's always fun to watch. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know. So you, is this from your uh, your Lebanese experience? Well, my Lebanese background, just to see them like struggle with like, oh my god, we're running out of toilet paper. Use your thumb like everyone else in the world. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it's this time of year where TV networks roll out what's on offer for next year, and surprisingly, a stack of new shows are coming up that are oh, critical of the government. Television has never been this disgraceful. Presenting all new 20 to 1 Coalition Scandals. Remember when the whole country was on fire and the Prime Minister went on holidays to Hawaii and his office wouldn't tell us where he was? I was like, whoa, crazy. It was like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. But it was, you're the Prime Minister, get the f*** back here. Laugh as you realise no one is to be held responsible. So for like two days, the Immigration Minister and the Attorney General, the like, they, they were accused of bullying and misogyny. I can't believe we forgot about that. I actually, I can't, can you believe that? Yeah, everyone got distracted by war crimes, which are cool, but not sexy. Sorry, what were we, what were we talking about? I, for, I forgot. Cry as you realise the general public don't care. Two words, Ruby Princess. <laughs> One word, Robo-Death. French word. Or pair. <laughs> That's 20 to 1 Coalition Scandals, followed by the all-new You Can't Ask That of a federal minister. Uh, whatever happened to Angus Taylor's water deals? Yeah, you can't ask that. Whatever happened to Paladin's contract for Manus Island? You can't ask that either. <clears throat> and whatever happened to the Bushfire Recovery Fund? Well, you can't ask that because it doesn't exist. Plus, Offsiders Sports Rorts Edition, where we go over the most sensational sporting rorts of the week. Oh, my God, did you see that? He roared that right between the posts. 2021 is bringing you the newest shows with the same old scandals, unless we get raided by the AFP again. <laughs> Great. Now let me call Michael and see if we can get him up. Here we go. Please leave a detailed message after the time. Classic Michael West. Typical Michael West. Well, due to technical difficulties, we don't have Michael West, but uh, it was going to be an interesting conversation, I'm sure, about... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> isn't this typical? I, I, this, is, this is Murdoch through and through, where Murdoch just understands that there's a, he's about to be discussed on a very prominent, award-winning Australian podcast, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's had West kidnapped. Certainly muzzled. Uh, I'd like to look into this. If only Michael West was here to look into it, uh, we'd be able to get to the bottom of this. But it's very, very suspicious, Dan. Iman, if you could um, please, um, could you please be Michael West while I ask you some questions about Rupert Murdoch? Hang on, let me uh, just get some talcum powder first. Hang on. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, uh, Aman, just how screwed is the Murdoch business in Australia? Well, I mean, it's it's it is the screw that is screwing us. It is not screwed. Mm. I think it's um, I don't know. What does Michael West sound like? Who is Michael West? He, he, sa- he sounds like <laughs> Can I just add that this is um, the biggest fear that I've had is the fact that this is the best comedy Australia's got to offer. <laughs> <laughs> Big thank you to Alice Fraser, Aman Frank Hatiti, and Chris Taylor, and uh, I guess Michael West. He many called, but he uh, didn't click the link. That's okay. Um, <laughs> thanks very much, guys. Now, do you guys have anything to plug? Uh, Aman, do you, do you want to plug anything? You've got shows coming up? Yes, I'm, um, I'm going to be doing um, Cheeky Cabaret up in Brunswick Heads in the Brunswick Picture House, um, 12th and the 14th of December. So come check me in my tidy blackies. And Alice Fraser, you got anything to plug? Yes, indeed. Uh, this is coming out on the 27th of November, which means tonight, if you're in Sydney, I am at the Comedy Store doing an hour of comedy. Uh, and also I have a daily satirical news podcast set in an alternate dimension and it's called The Last Post and it's extremely silly. Does Michael West call you back on, 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 on the, in that alternative d- dimension? <laughs> no, he's been eaten by the octopus people of New, New Zealand. <laughs> and, Chris, and Chris Taylor, what have you got to plug? Um, I've just started a new podcast with Michael West where we just we, we sort of spend an hour just talking about why we don't want to talk to Dan Lelich ever again. Uh, you can catch that off wherever you get your podcasts. It's great. Big thanks to Road Mics, the Bertha Foundation, Go Neutral, Patreon supporters, Jacob Round on the Tabanyaki timeline. Words you may have heard have come from Matty Palmer, Dave Bluestein, James Colley, as well as many tidbits from our Discord community. Voices you may have heard from this episode include Wendy Harmer, Ben McKenzie, Bros Avard, uh, Gabby Bolt, Robbie McGregor, and Rupert Daygas. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.